Hello, this is Dr. Stout. It's November 16th, and I would like to talk about interval training. So um, I've been doing these shorter sessions uh, that are more related directly to uh, physiology and health instead of uh, simply doing um, what, imagination or mythology-related uh, um, discussions. All of this I'm trying to uh, relate to uh, human evolution, but there's different sides of it. That's why it's uh, mind and body. Uh, so today we're just talking about uh, the benefits of interval training as essentially one of the uh, magic bullets that we have uh, for our health. Uh, so much like intermittent fasting, without too much uh, effort, can cause uh, you know tremendous uh, benefits, uh, particularly to um, insulin sensitivity. Uh, interval training also has uh, similar benefits. So interval training is short bursts of uh, intense exercise uh, within a lower intensity workout. So you do a, a 30 seconds or a minute of very high intensity work, followed by uh, 30 seconds or a minute or even two minutes of uh, resting, and then you do it again. And you see you do this several times for a total of 20 minutes or half an hour, and that's interval training. And it matches the activity of what hunter-gatherers would have done, uh, walking long distances, and then digging for a few minutes, and then walking some more, and then digging for a few minutes. Uh, or running really fast to get to a kill site, uh, cutting off uh, some of the muscle and then running back with it, uh, and then the rest of the day uh, uh, sitting around and trying to conserve energy. Uh, so these uh, activities appear to uh, show similar benefits to longer and more strenuous exercise. One study did 30 seconds of intense cycling followed by four minutes of rest for a 20-minute routine and a total of six sessions of 15 minutes of exercise per two weeks uh, and showed a significant benefit. Over a six-week period, this approach um, showed similar results to typical endurance regime despite being 90% less exercise and 67% lower time commitment. So that's a tremendous reduction in exercise and, and a lot less time spent doing it. Uh, similar results for skeletal muscles and cardiovascular improvement. So even though it was uh, much less time commitment and fewer calories total burned, uh, there was a uh, strengthening of the muscles and uh, overall cardiovascular uh, health. Um, similar improvements to uh, muscular oxidative metabolism. So the muscles were able to uh, burn glucose at a similar rate with both forms of exercise, even the one that took much less effort. So high-intensity activity can be difficult on joints and tendons, particularly for individuals not used to high-impact activities. So you need to work up to this slowly, uh, maybe starting with slow walking as your activity, followed by rest, building up to fast walking, followed by slow walking, finally starting with something like jogging, followed by walking. So you can... Uh, you can bring your rest up to a, a, a slight activity like walking, and you can bring your uh, high-level activity up from walking all the way to, to, to running. Uh, so another uh, protocol uh, looked at one minute of lower-intensity activity with a one minute of rest, so 10 minutes of activity in a 20-minute period. If done every other day, it leads to similar cardiac and oxidative metabolism benefits as much higher levels of, uh, of exercise. So these uh, protocols uh, activate enzymes that improve ADP, ATP cycling, uh, which is associated with improved glucose uptake. So you're going to be, be lowering your, uh, your overall blood glucose, uh, which also has health benefits. Uh, these protocols activate, um, oh, sorry, I just said that, uh, in addition to improved energy uh, due to more efficient glucose oxidation, there are also antioxidant and uh, anti-inflammatory effects, presumably due to improved oxidative metabolism. 
so the total uh, oxygen ut utilized, uh, your, your Vmax, uh, is generally considered how in shape you are. So um, when you uh, run as fast as you can, uh, how much uh, oxygen you're taking in, how hard you're breathing measures how in shape you are, how much you're able to actually uh, use that oxygen and use that uh, glucose to provide your body with energy. Uh, and so the better, more in shape you are, the more you're able to do this. Um, what high intensity training does is it actually exceeds your VMAX for a short period of time. And that this is what actually gives you uh, many of these benefits, even though you're not doing quite the same uh, uh, amount of exercise. So effects are largely confined to the peripheral muscles and the circulatory system. Um, what doesn't happen is remodeling of the heart muscle. So when you're doing longer term uh, exercise, you can actually start remodeling uh, your overall heart muscle and uh, you know, changing the shape of your heart so it can, it can reach higher um, uh, pumping rates and uh, higher throughput. Uh, and this is not going to do this. This is not going to remodel your heart for you. So there's, there's, a, there's a limit to uh, what the benefits are, um, but everything else is going to improve. And the reason your heart doesn't improve uh, is simply because of this ability to exceed your own VMAX. So your heart is, is essentially your, your overall limit for how much exercise you can, you can do. Uh, and when you do uh, endurance exercise, you can change your heart, which enables you to get to a higher level of overall exercise. But for short periods of time, you can exceed your heart's own ability. And uh, your heart is able to react elastically to this, and so you don't just die. Uh, you're able to uh, keep exercising even though you've exceeded your own, um, uh, your own abilities of, of, of how fast your heart can pump and how much uh, blood can flow through it. Uh, and because it can exceed its own abilities, it feels it doesn't need to remodel itself. So even though you uh, periodically are doing this interval training that exceeds your heart's own abilities, your heart isn't going to change in response to this unless you do it for a much longer period of time. And that's why uh, you sometimes need to have uh, endurance training uh, enabled uh, to, to increase your overall abilities. But the uh, interval training will give you uh, skeletal muscles, it will give you increased uh, oxidative metabolism, uh, and it will uh, have uh, a, whole, a whole realm of, uh, a, whole, a whole, whole suite of benefits that are uh, provided by exercise in general. The only thing that won't happen is the remodeling of the heart. Um, so overall blood glucose and after meal blood glucose uh, is reduced, and so this is excellent. This is this is this is uh, combined with uh, increased insulin sensitivity. So not only are you reducing um, how much insulin is in your body, right? Insulin is is what is going to start laying down fat. Insulin has all sorts of uh, negative effects. Uh, you're at the same time reducing your blood glucose, so you don't need the insulin to be there. So this is this is a really uh, double benefit that is going to reduce um, all all the problems of uh, metabolic syndrome, where you have uh, high uh, high glucose, high blood pressure. Um, uh, clogged arteries, high triglycerides, uh, high cholesterol, all of these things are going to be improved uh, through um, both intermittent fasting and uh, through uh, 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 interval training. So in my opinion, these are things that are uh, essentially uh, magic bullets for the ills of today's society, meaning <laughs> uh, metabolic syndrome. I'm not talking about political ills. I'm talking about literal physical ones. Um, these are sort of the easiest ways to get at these problems uh, caused by essentially too much diet. Our, it's too much uh, sugar in our diet. Um, Again, uh, while it's more efficient, there is some danger of uh, high impacts on joints of people who are not in shape. Uh, 
Um, so there are lower intensity versions of uh, interval training that can give you those same benefits without stressing your joints out as much. Uh, and then you could be able to transition to a higher intensity version. Uh, in elite athletes, at the other side of things, uh, 12 30-second bursts at above peak capacity, 175% uh, VMAX, uh, were able to replace eight four-minute sessions at 85% maximum capacity. So think of that, 12 30-second bursts. So that's a total of six minutes replaced eight four-minute sessions uh, at a lower intensity. So the results were similar and uh, they were able to um, uh, do um, much less work for, this, for similar results, uh, giving them a 2% uh, improvement over a six-week period. And remember, this is 2% improving on essentially uh, Olympic athletes. So that's, that's actually a lot of improvement um, over a very short period of time, six weeks. Uh, so even in Olympic athletes, interval training will, will improve their overall uh, ability. Um, in elite cyclists, seven 30-second sessions were equal to three 20-minute sessions. Again, this almost seems uh, too good to be true. It's, it's, it's replacing much shorter amounts of time uh, to give you uh, similar benefits. Uh, in a review paper, uh, the best results were found by combining uh, duration training with the high-intensity uh, interval training, as you might expect, because then you get the effects of both. Um, and again, this was done for uh, looking at people uh, who are essentially elite athletes. So if you combine this with, with endurance training, you'll get an even more effect. Uh, but if you're a sort of more normal person and you're trying to get the most effect from the least amount of time, interval training on its own will do it for you. Uh, so the exceeding the maximum benefit, uh, exceeding maximum for short periods uh, appears to be what is providing the benefit. So it's, 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 it's pushing yourself uh, for a very short period of time, 30 seconds or a minute, uh, and it's what give you the uh, benefits to the peripheral muscular uh, metabolism uh, and overall health in non-athletes uh, with significantly lower time and effort. Um, relates very nicely to how... Uh, uh, hunter-gatherers would have tried to minimize their overall efforts and um, uh, maximize their, the benefit of whatever they were doing. So short bursts of effort are able to give you, uh, the, you know, the best uh, improvement in muscular strength, uh, skeletal strength, uh, and ability to uh, burn sugar and use it for energy. Um, at the other extreme, you have things like uh, ultra-marathons or marathons even, uh, persistence hunting. So the hunter-gatherers would have run uh, other animals to death, essentially. Uh, and this was evolved um, once we became uh, uh, obligate meat eaters as Homo erectus. Presumably they were able to do it. And the idea is that as a biped out in a very sunny African Serengeti, uh, you would have been... Um, uh, receiving much less uh, solar radiation uh, because just simply the upright stance would mean less sun was beating down on you and you could be active in the middle of the day. The other adaptation we have is increased sweating. Uh, the chimpanzees don't sweat nearly as much as we do uh, and so we're able to be active right in the middle of the day when everything else is trying to hide in the shade and we could have just run other animals to death. While we're not as fast as them, we are much more efficient and we were able to use that efficiency as a hunting technique. So we are definitely... Um, uh, evolved for uh, long distance running, uh, for um, uh, you know, 
things like ultramarathons and very efficient activities, even more so than other other animals. There are uh, there are races between humans and horses uh, that uh, you know extend for 40, 60 miles, and the humans often win these races uh, simply because we have that endurance ability. Um, so this is something that uh, we're also evolved to do. Uh, uh, we're also evolved to have uh, basically um, you know, high intensity weight training. So we can do um, uh, heavy, heavy weights uh, over a uh, over a period of time uh, and, and gain uh, large muscles because of this. Uh, however, both of these things do tend to have uh, negative side effects. Um, Sometimes people try and come up with uh, ways to make them less negative. So one of the problems with uh, jogging is it puts a lot of stress on the knees uh, and often will lead to uh, flat feet. Uh, if you have a lot of arch support as you get older, our, our arches in our, in our feet are essentially uh, suspension bridges using uh, tendons like cables uh, holding the arch of the suspension bridge in place. And as you get older, those tendons tend to weaken and the suspension bridge starts to collapse and we get flat feet. So um, jogging uh, and uh, you know, simply <laughs> our, our, our lives can often lead to bad knees and flat feet. And so this makes um, uh, running very difficult. So one of the solutions people tried to do was to do barefoot running, assuming our uh, ancestors had run barefoot, uh, that this would uh, help support the arches and uh, uh, make the uh, knees uh, have sort of a better shock absorber because you land on your toe instead of pounding directly on your heel. And both of these things are true. However, this just uh, tends to um, put the problem off and then you have uh, difficulties with your Achilles tendon. And so you end up with less stress fractures, but you end up with a uh, shorter Achilles tendon and it uh, can cause uh, a lot of pain in the, uh, in the calf muscles and, and, and the tendon. So uh, there's no really easy solution. Uh, uh, certainly endurance training is, is uh, very useful. Um, and can uh, be, um, you know, helpful uh, for uh, remodeling the heart. Uh, but in my opinion, the um, uh, uh, the uh, in interval training uh, has uh, better better results. Um, so. Successful barefoot running would require uh, a, a, a long training period of transition, uh, allowing the um, tendons and foot ligaments uh, to build, uh, build their strength. Um, and persistence hunting and long distance running in general uh, require a, 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 a long buildup. However, if you can do these things, they are going to uh, essentially eliminate metabolic syndrome uh, really, really quickly. Uh, you, if you, someone has metabolic syndrome and they're, and they're running miles and miles every day, it's going to go away right away. The problem is if you have metabolic syndrome, it probably means you're out of shape and overweight and you're going to have a really hard time running miles and miles and out, out every day. So this might not be a, a form of exercise that is available to you. And so interval training really seems to be a, a better way to get into it. Same thing with uh, heavy weight lifting. While it, uh, it, it's good for you, weight lifting um, tends to burn belly fat uh, faster than uh, uh, um, the subcutaneous fat. Uh, it's, uh, again, going to be difficult. You can pull muscles easily, weightlifting. You can weightlift so much that you're so sore the next day you can't even move. Um, and it's very easy to get into that uh, uh, because you, you don't really feel the damage you're doing to yourself when you're, when you're lifting heavy weights. Um, same thing with uh, endurance training. Uh, as you, as you uh, push through, uh, you can push through what they call the wall. That wall is uh, actually when you've used up all of your... Um, 
your glycogen reserves. So you're now, uh, you've gone through the sugar reserves of your body and now your body's starting to burn fat. That's very good for you. It's very hard to get there. Uh, people just, that's why people describe it as a wall. So it's, it can be painful to push through there. Uh, and the next thing that happens is you get the runner's high and you reach this sort of euphoric state where you don't feel the pain anymore. But this means you don't feel the pain anymore. And so this can lead to uh, other uh, things where you're, you're, you're stressing your, your, your whole metabolic uh, system out so much that you, 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 you simply collapse. Um, and so uh, we really should recognize that uh, marathons are named after someone who was running back from the Battle of Marathon in ancient Greece and succeeded in giving the message that they had won, but then he died. So um, the, you really can exceed your, your total ability. So I've written a short, um, uh, a short system of, uh, of exercise uh, that I've included with this post uh, for intermittent training. Uh, and I've, I've done it pretty on the high end of what exercise should be. So if you, if you look at it, uh, you know, if you think about getting out of bed is, is, is the lowest amount of exercise you can do and running an ultra marathon is the highest amount of exercise you can do. This would be sort of about three quarters of the way there. So a couple of hours a week, maybe halfway there, a couple of hours a week of uh, pretty intense exercise uh, and it's gonna get you in shape uh, pretty quickly. But I would start out with a, uh, with a lower intensity version of the same workout uh, if I were you, um, and then sort of work up to it. Uh, so if uh, the, the version I have says, you know, jumping jacks and uh, jogging in place, you might start off with um, doing 30 seconds of fast walking instead of jogging in place as, as, a, as a lower intensity version of the same thing, and then work up to it. But um, I think this is a pretty good uh, system to uh, really, really build both strength uh, uh, and uh, ability uh, to, to exercise while also uh, increasing your um, uh, resistance to, uh, uh, sorry, decreasing your resistance to insulin and increasing your uptake of uh, glucose. So I think it would combine very well with uh, intermittent fasting, for example. All right. Thank you very much. I will do uh, more mind and uh, spirit uh, related uh, talks next time. Thank you. <laughs>